the Hammersmith murder, the London nude killer, Jack the Stripper. Although his work hasn't been the subject of endless books, podcasts, and television, he killed more victims in his close namesake, Jack the Ripper. Bodies of sex workers started showing up around the Thames in London in 1964, nude, strangled or drowned, or both, and missing teeth that had been removed by the killer. None were sexually assaulted, at least that's what police say. Was the killer a washed out boxer, a caretaker, a security guard, or a policeman? Or could it be a quote, dangerous psychopath convicted of savagely killing two little girls when he was 15 years old? He lived and worked in the area. This case has never been solved and it's time that it gets the attention the victims deserve and their families need justice. This is a case of Jack the Stripper, and this is Outline of a Murder. Okay, this is our second to the last case of our mid-season mini-series that has obviously turned into a major series because right. we have the Black Dahlia that's three-part, we've got Jack the Ripper that's two-part, Siri is interrupting me, so we've got five just in those and then all these other ones, so, you know, I mean, to me, with our season, that's like 22 I believe, or 23 episodes. Mm -hmm. Not bad for a second-year podcast and someone that is as busy as I am running a business. All right. (laughs) My goal would one day to be able to have one even once a week. You know, that would be my goal. Yeah, and she lives in New Mexico. I Mm -hmm. live in Texas. Mm -hmm. And we like to get together and make it a family event. we do. And every... Um, series she has a drink for the series yes well so we started in season two because you know mom who is here with me my um, sister has not been able to join us this year but she uh, will hopefully be joining us for season three that will drop in the fall Uh but uh, what we do is every season is breaking down murders to help people like just gain some information to help people stay safer and right. recognize potential predators and abusers. So we look over cases, which, by the way, the one thing that stuck out to me on season two is how there were there were no signs of physical violence on the um, murders where it was a romantic killing. Right. That shocked me. And now, because we've been doing these podcasts, I'm more aware of like gaslighting, control, isolation. Like there, and we had signs of those things in a closet narcissist and stuff in season two. The mid series 
are supposed to be a smaller number of episodes, <laughs> but I got carried sort away. Sort of grew, which we love. We do. We enjoy doing it. And s- season one, um, that year, we had Family Annihilators. And now, this year, we're doing historical cases. So this is the Jack the Stripper or the London Nude. He's also called the Hammersmith Killer or Murder, I believe. And a very popular drink at that time was the Mai Tai. Yes, she's been going by drinks from each era. This is how little she drinks. She just called a mimosa a... Mimosa. A mimosa. Yes. And... um, (laughs) <laughs> Some of these other drinks she's made. I have no idea what they she are. She didn't know what they were. Like, I don't even she know, like, even the know. one I tried to make that we don't have half and half. I don't even know what it's called. She didn't even know what some of the alcohol was. Right. So, just saying. Like, Dutch c- cacao, white de creme cacao. <laughs> it's not de creme. She called liqueur, liqueur. liqueur. <laughs> Just saying. I have no idea. We're, we're not big drinkers, clearly. No, obviously not. This and is a Mai no Tai. Plans on doing that, but we had the season one that was wine, which we realized it was all Stella Rosa that we had mm-hmm. you taste. That's so good. <laughs> which was dumb because there's all kinds of other wines, but right. I want you to take a taste and I'll take a all taste right. of all the right. Mai Tai. At least you pronounced it right. Ugh. Yeah. That is terrible. When you go on a trip or at a restaurant, they taste fruitier and sweeter, and this is not sweet. It's alcohol, a lot of alcohol. What is it made of? Um, Tequila? I don't know. You said it had tequila in there. I don't know. He did, but I don't remember when I buy them that they have tequila, but I don't know. But I know they're really sweet, and this is not really sweet. Done rinsing your mouth out. Whew, my Manhattan was better no, than that thing. I don't think either of them are that great. That's like right? a negative one. But that's like a pre-mix still. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I would have made it from scratch if it would have been better. But that's disgusting. Yeah. Okay. Well, and we got that also, out of the way. In every season, if there's something that you know, you investigated, you mm-hmm. want her to do, mm-hmm. because Sherry does it all. I just sit and talk Give and say your not a lot. insight and your questions Which I don't have and a things. Lot. And then my questions this time are a little early. I've right. been told right. Let's, let's before Please she, refrain right. until you know, we get kind of down right. on But no, I like when you have different people do the podcast you know, with, which we're unusual, and it's actually, you know, us uh, as, you know, mother and daughters. Right. That's an unusual thing. It is. But the London nude case is... Which un- I didn't hear from until a couple months ago. Me I heard about me it on neither. the radio. I had accidentally discovered it when I was doing research for Jack the Ripper because mm. I I kept seeing Jack the Stripper. And I'm like, what the heck? And I was afraid to Google it because I didn't know what was going to come up. Oh, right? you mean like how? The London? Uh... Yeah, the London nude. Again, do not do that one. But uh, I kept seeing Jack the Stripper, Jack the Stripper. And so I kind of glanced a little bit at it. And then... Uh, I saw it had different names, and then I heard a podcast on it. And uh, so it's still unsolved. Really? Yeah. They've never caught the killer. Plus, it's not received a lot of attention. I wonder why. I don't know. And it happened in 1968. maybe the victims. No, 1964. Or 64. And uh, there's a lot of twists and turns. 
And basically, the one reason I think it didn't get a lot of attention is the victims were sex workers. But still. But it's back in 1964. And just like today, a lot of times, they don't pay much attention. And uh, so we're going to dive into the murders first, which are six murders. And he started killing, they think, as early as 1959 and 1963, which will attack, that's probably a bad word, we will um, go over those cases after we get through the ones that were for sure uh, Jack the Strippers. And... um, Well, don't forget your history. Oh, I'm not going to. And then, I don't think there was any DNA left except maybe one case where semen was on the underwear in the victim's mouth. Really? Yeah, so we'll we'll get into it. But I'm afraid this one may not be solved. If there's not any DNA or anything, I'm afraid it, it may not. But the year is 1964. Uh, three North Vietnamese torpedo boats attacked the U.S. destroyer Maddox in the Gulf of Tonkin, which that pretty much led you know to Vietnam. The Boston Strangler, mm-hmm. uh, Albert DeSalvo, is captured. The Warren Commission report on the assassination of John F. Kennedy concludes, and they felt that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 is signed by President Johnson. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. receives a Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, there's lots of, you know, good and bad things Uh that happen. The inflation rate was only 1.28%. What's crazy is the Dow Jones uh, closed at eight hundred and seventy-four. Not crazy. The cost of a home was about thirteen thousand. Income was about six thousand a year. A new car was thirty-five hundred, and gallon was thirty cents. And rent was one hundred and fifteen a month. Oh, and then a postage stamp crazy? was only five cents. Okay, so let me see if I have the pictures up. Okay, so we've got H. H. Holmes. Let me get the pictures up of the London nude. Mm-hmm. Uh, he killed more people than Jack the Ripper. Really? Which we think he killed 12, right? Jack the Ripper, wasn't There's it 12? Some think he killed as many as um, uh, 11. Oh. Yeah. This case is so interesting, though. Okay. Uh, so the first known victim, so we're going to get into the murders, so let me bring mm-hmm. up their mm-hmm. picture. Okay. Right here is uh, Hannah Talliford. She was a 30-year-old mother of two who was pregnant at the time of her death. She was found dead February 2nd, 1964, by a man walking his dog on a footpath by the Thames. The Thames. (laughs) The Thames? Are you sure that's all you had to drink? That's ridiculous. Because you're having trouble. I literally just started. I think I've been doing fine. Uh, Now... At first, he thought it was a mannequin. And again, we have said this over and over. It is never a mannequin. Never. So he thought it was a mannequin on the Thames shore below Linden House, the clubhouse of the London Corinthian Selling Club west of Hammersmith Bridge. So a lot of the bodies were over in that area, which is why they called him the Hammersmith uh, Killer. But here is a crime scene photo, and that's where the body was. Wow. Wow. And uh, Which she, all these pictures are on our site, right? Mm-hmm. Outline of a murder. And what's interesting is he mm-hmm. definitely had a signature. Uh, the first is that, well, they're strangling. So they were all strangled. And then several of Hannah's teeth were missing. Oh. 
Her underwear. Souvenir. I'm thinking. Mm. Her underwear, they were stuffed in her mouth. And again, that might be where the DNA is. Her cause of death, though, was ruled drowning, not strangulation. Oh. So in spite of obvious signs of murder, the police ruled it a suicide until later when they realized they had a serial killer. Like the case we just did. Yes. So then I'm wondering, okay, well, maybe she did die of strangling. But, I mean, to me, it'd be pretty clear to know whether it's strangling or drowning because there would be water in the nasal cavities and the lungs. But And around the neck, obviously. She would have strangulation marks. So if she had water in her lungs, then she definitely died of drowning. So I wondered if maybe she was passed out or maybe he held her head in the water. Uh, Hannah was believed to have been involved in the making of sex tapes and working sex parties of the rich and powerful. At one part, she was supposedly paid to have sex with a man in a gorilla suit while others watched in a Excuse potty. me, in a gorilla suit? If you have children, you probably don't want them in the room. My apologies. Wow. I didn't warn you sooner. A gorilla yes. suit. Okay. Yes. It's the 60s. Wild and crazy, right? I mean, you knew. No. no. What? No gorilla suits. Okay. I mean, no, nothing then because oh, I was young, but I'm just saying. Let's keep going. <laughs> Okay. Uh, There's another story that she was trying to sell her baby to the highest bidder in the local paper. Now, these might be rumors, but we do know she worked sex parties for sure. Was she on drugs, do you know, or alcohol? I don't know. And that was one thing I couldn't find out with a lot of these victims. There's not a lot on it, and there weren't a lot of... That's another crime scene. There weren't a lot of details on the the victims. Sometimes, though, prosecution... Prostitution involved sometimes drugs and sometimes alcohol. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure there was definitely sometimes too or addiction. And if it's true that she's trying to sell her baby, that would tell me that there's definitely an addiction somewhere that she's trying to feed. Now, the second one, which is they are in order. Um, Oh wait a wait a minute. Okay, top left to right, bottom. Oh no, no. So Hannah is right here. So that's Hannah. The next one we're looking at is Irene Lockwood, which is right here. Why so don't they Hannah put them in order? The first one? Yes. And I don't she understand the why they don't one. put them yeah, in order. Yeah, I don't either. Okay, yeah. So she's pre- she looks like a guy to me. And then, I mean, not in a disrespectful right. way. She literally looks like a guy. And then Irene Lockwood is the next one. She was a 26-year-old woman from Nottinghamshire. She was pregnant as well. She looks older. She was found... Uh, dead April 8th, 1964, also on the Thames at Corny Reach, Cheswick, not far from where Talaford was found. Her cause of death was also drowning, but there were uh, strangulation marks as well. Mm-hmm. Irene was known to blackmail her clients using photographs and would steal from them. Her good friend, Vicki Pender, was beaten to death for the same scheme a year before. The press. Really? Yep. The press picked up on the murders and linked them with Jack the Ripper murders, naming this killer Jack the Stripper. So they were probably doing that because they were all sex workers. But like we learned, I mean, it was interesting to me to dive into the Jack the Ripper case to find out. Like you just have this generic idea that all these women were sex workers. And actually, it was only when they needed it. They definitely had alcohol problems, Mm -hmm. right? But with this... Um, we've got, you know, again, a sex worker. And so they're obviously connecting them with. But that's the only thing they connected oh, it with. I know why they have them. And these are the first two suspected. So these are the two known. 
Oh, okay. And then we'll get to the next one, which is that lady. So the murders weren't the same at all. They just connected him with Jack the nope. Ripper because of the prostitution. prostitution. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the next uh, victim is Helen Beth- Bartholemy, I guess is how you say it. She's pretty to me. Um, she was a 22-year-old Scottish woman who moved to London hoping to find her fortune. She had to turn to sex work to survive, and she was found dead April 24, 1964, in an alleyway across from the Thames. She was strangled, and her nose and cheekbone were swollen, suggesting that she was punched. Her death gave investigators their first solid piece of evidence, flecks of paint used in car manufacturing. They wondered if the flex indicated where the killer worked and focused on tracing it to a business nearby. She was also missing her front teeth. Oh, I was going to ask you how they connected became them. Became the sillers, yeah. uh, the sillers, the sillers. Really? Signature. You haven't drank much, huh? No, I haven't actually. Just my daiquiri. I don't like any of the other ones. They all sucked. Okay. Yep. Okay. Helen was a striptease artiste. I didn't know there was such a thing, but there is. I knew people did striptease. I didn't know they were artistes. I think they keep, they say that is art, artwork. Oh, okay. She served some time in prison for luring a man to the beach where he uh, was attacked by Helen three men. Mm-hmm. She was released on appeal after three months. She frequented jazz clubs, and she might have been addicted to Indian hemp, which appears to be cannabis, but it's native to India. Hmm. Yeah, I had no idea. 60s, who knew? Now, uh, lots of things. Here in the Daily, Daily Mirror, you see nude number four found strangled in an alley, right? Riddle of Night Visitor. So that's obviously Helen. But uh, that's where people are like, okay, now we have a maniac sex killer. And they were all nude, these two? Yeah. All of them had their um, clothes stripped off. Wow. And I'm trying to find, this may have been... I, yeah, I, this was Helen's murder right so here. So they all were raped? Uh, I don't know. I mean, if they were nude. I don't know. I don't know if they were. That's a good question. They don't say. Because that's interesting to see. I mean, they're nude. Her underwear was in her mouth, the first victim. You would think they were, but I but don't But it would know. say also if they were, right? Mm-hmm. But... Uh, so this is, she's the one where they found her. She wasn't actually on the river's edge, right? And they found the paint flex. So that's the uh, um, first piece of evidence. Mm-hmm. And then down here is where they all were. So uh, Helen's Eight. right here. And then, let's see, Irene. So Hannah's here. And then Irene's here. Okay. And those two over there are the ones that... They're they wondering, think. like they didn't know. They didn't realize, hey, we might have a serial killer. So that's why these two up here, Elizabeth Fig and Gwyneth Reese, were added to the list later. And I agree. I do believe they were his victims And as you'll well. get into how mm-hmm. they were killed. Okay. Yep. So the next <clears throat> one that's for sure known is Mary Fleming. Okay. So she was found right here. So you can see on the map mm-hmm. that we'll have on the website that they're all pretty much close together, Same areas. right? Mm-hmm. So she was a 30-year-old mother of four born in Scotland. She turned to sex work when her marriage fell apart. She was found dead July 14, 1964, outside 48 Berrymead Road, also in Chiswick. Her body was seated upright 
at a garage entrance, um, which is interesting. Also, witnesses heard a car reversing down the street just before the body was found. She was a sex worker like the other victims, like we said. And on the same night, around 2.30 a.m., two men painting the inside of a restaurant saw a suspicious figure with a gray van in the parking lot. They called out to him, and the startled man drove off. Okay, I have a question. Mm -hmm. So is all this area sex work area, or that's just where the bodies were found? It does seem like it. It does seem like it was close. From what I can tell... In my notes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that area was was known for that. Especially uh, Shepherd's Bush, um, Hammersmith, there seemed to be a strong uh, sex work okay. element there. Okay, uh, let's see. So the, the gray vans in the parking lot, they called out to the man and startled him, and so he drove off. A few hours later, Mary was found 10 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So they're thinking that maybe that was the killer. But again, you know, they don't know. But there she is. Now, uh, Mary had actually been a sex worker uh, for over a decade. Really? And she was known as, now you'll remember this, this phrase. She was known as a tough cookie. Yeah. Look how, I mean, sex sex workers, especially if they have addictions, look rough. Mm -hmm. She looks just like... Your friend next door, mm-hmm. clean cut, mm-hmm. <clears throat> no, um, not rug. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Not like the, maybe older than she is yeah, because of addictions yeah, because and things of, of aged her. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, her body showed evidence too that she put up a fight. She did carry a knife with her, but unfortunately, it didn't save her. Uh, mm. Mary uh, Margaret McGowan. So that's the next one. So we've got Mary, and then here's Margaret. Uh, she was also known as Frances Brown. So if you're doing research on this case, you'll see Margaret McGowan and also Frances Brown in the report. So just know that that's the same person. She was last. She seen changed her name. I don't for professional reasons. I don't know. Maybe she just went by two different names. Hmm. She was last seen alive October 23rd, 1964, by a colleague who saw her get into a client's car. So she was a sex worker as well, and so was her her friend that last saw her, her colleague. Her body, though, didn't show up until November 25th. Oh. So she was taken the 23rd, didn't show up until the 25th. He must have liked her. Kept I, her around yeah. alive more. Yeah, longer. I'm wondering if maybe he wanted to explore some you know, killer fantasies uh-huh, and things like uh-huh. that. Yeah. Uh, now, she was uh, located in a car park on Horton Street, Kensington. She was strangled like the others. And she was missing her front teeth. One of her teeth had been ripped out of its socket. So what they're thinking is not that it was a bite, but that the killer's literally ripping teeth out of their mouth and taking them with them. Her colleague provided an ident kit picture and a description of the car, which is a gray Ford Zephyr that she got into. And she actually was a 21-year-old Scottish woman who worked the higher end of the trade. So her clients included businessmen and politicians. And what's crazy is she testified with two others at the Stephen Ward's trial called the infamous Profumo uh, scandal. You know, just a fun fact, when I was in London, cars that are the same, say like a Honda, Mm 
uh-huh. they have different names. Hmm. It could be Zephyr or... They like have it's the same names. car, but yeah. we call them by a different mm-hmm. name than over BMWs there. BMWs are the same, you know, mm-hmm. stuff Mercedes. like that. Well, but, they're originally from Europe. Yeah. So I, I, I what, found they don't that want interesting. Our name? Like, what's up with that? We keep or their names. Or maybe we don't want their name. Whatever. I mean, we call them BMWs and Mercedes. What's up, England? <laughs> now, the Profumo affair was a major scandal in 20th century British politics. Mm-hmm. John Profumo, the Secretary of State of War and Harold McMillian's conservative government had an extramarital affair with the 16-year-old model Christine Keeler beginning in 61. He wow. denied the affair, right? Of course. But weeks later, police investigated, exposed the truth, proving that he had lied to the House of Commons. It um, severely damaged the credibility of the McMillian government, and then he resigned as, resigned as prime minister in October 1963. Uh, so I guess it blew up, and then an inquiry... Uh, was started by Senior Judge Lord Denning, and they conclude there have been no breaches of security arising from, you know, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. the affair, and there was a connection with, you know, some shady people and stuff. And so it appears that um, Margaret was a witness. Oh. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you, th- you think they're connected? No. No. Yeah. I don't. I, don't. I think it's a, a again a sexual sadist. And you know what I wondered on the first two where they drowned? I wondered if he thought he killed them. Because like on the other ones, now they're being found farther away from the water and they're all strangled. Yeah. So it makes you wonder like did he think he killed them and he like threw them in the water? But they weren't discovered in the water. It's just kind of a strange that thing. Is sort of weird. Maybe Maybe he lives by the water. Or maybe he couldn't kill them strangling because it takes forever. Uh-huh. So three he just to resorted seven to... Seven minutes, I think, or yeah. three to six minutes, And when you're like killing someone in that's the open, that's a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure why the first had the drowning. Now, the final victim that you can see here mm-hmm. is Bridget O'Hara. She was a 28-year-old Irish immigrant who was found dead February 16th, 1965, near a storage shed behind the Heron Trading Estate in Acton. Now, that's going to be important. She had been missing since January 11th. So she had been kept again over a month. So the last two were kept for a long time. Mm -hmm. Or they weren't discovered, but they, they have a pretty good idea that Margaret was kept for a while. Um, because of the rate of decomposition. Um, but, you know, were they... I mean, to me, where they're being, you know, posed is a busy place. Right. So I'm kind of wondering if she was held as well. She also had the industrial paint flex on her body. Oh. And these were traced to an electrical transformer where she was discovered. Oh. And they know that she was probably kept in a warm environment because... Her corpse was partially mummified. Oh, that's interesting. Well, they, he had her for a month. Well, so I it mean, looks like the two, the last two, he kept for a while. Yeah. Now-
don't know how this is tied actually this picture because we've got this one and this one yeah um i don't think i have any pictures of the crime scene for bridget mm. but so we've got all of them you know so far so uh irene and all that well bridget's found right here and see this is acton and uh mary was found very close so. i wonder if he lives in that area I Here's believe so. Westminster, mm-hmm. Buckingham Palace. Mm-hmm. It's sort of all close. Yeah, I think he definitely probably lived close because a lot of murders, you know, they've done geographical profiling. They usually mm-hmm. live very close, and that's why they will start searching mm-hmm. within that vicinity, kind of like the Black Dahlia, you know, in our our suspect that we really like in part three was he used to live like a block away from where yeah. the body was disposed um and i think he's a great suspect so i do too but uh yeah it i bet he does but i don't know if they knew that back in 64 you probably know, not because that's like in our day i believe where now they realize they usually live close by well if if you have a map and you're pinning it i mean you could see oh yeah i mean you can see how close all these bodies were absolutely Pretty close so it wouldn't surprise me at all if he lived uh, in the area. Okay, police discovered that two previous deaths were probably from the same killer. So by the time Irene died, which was the blonde, uh, they knew they had a serial killer on their hands, but that term did not exist until later. Right. Okay, so let's get back to our pictures. So the very first victim, they think, was Elizabeth Fig. She also went by the name Ann Phillips. And I do think it was probably something to do with her profession, maybe, mm-hmm. and they didn't want maybe family to know or something like that. But I don't know for sure. That's absolute uh, supposition. But she was originally from Wells, and that's her morgue photo. Okay, so they didn't have any oh, it is. photos of her alive. Um And she had moved to London after having a falling out with her family, and she had an unwanted pregnancy. She must have been found pretty early, though. Yeah. I mean, because she looks like she's alive. Mm -hmm. Uh, She turned to sex work to survive. How old did you say she was? uh, I don't think it says. She looks a little older than... Well, and it could be because she's dead. I would say possibly um 20s to 30s maybe mid mm-hmm. to late 20s okay to early 30s but um yeah she definitely doesn't have any gray hair whatsoever uh but maybe because she's dead she Smooth looks older. complexion mm-hmm. looks looks yeah I, alive. I think she's actually pretty her <clears throat> eyes are really uh-huh. pretty uh she was slumped against a willow tree at 5 10 a.m on june 17th 1959 so oh. the the victims we're discussing before her were 1964. Now we're going back to 59. And she was found by police officers on routine patrol in Duke's Meadows. So let's get back to our map here. So this is Duke's Meadows right here. So see how close it is? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they're all clustered. And... um this area was, so first of all, Duke's Meadow is in Chiswick on the River Thames. And the area is known as Lover's Lane. Right. But at this point, it was mostly where sex workers took their clients. So in the past, it was Lover's Lane, but now it's a known place mm-hmm. for prostitution. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth, she was forced to sex work to supplement her small wages. So she actually had a job, but it wasn't enough to make it. Mm-hmm. 
Her dress was torn at the waist and open to reveal her breasts. She had been strangled, but later it was determined she had actually drowned. Oh. Mm-hmm. Did, did it say if it was lake water, bath water, what, mm, what kind of nope, water? it didn't. So she's the only one that wasn't completely nude? It looks like it. So that means I don't know it could have been the second one, though, Gwyneth. But could have been quick, or he just started out. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they develop. They yeah, develop what yeah. they want to do. Uh, she, her underwear, shoes, identification, and personal possessions were missing. She died around midnight and 2 a.m. on June 17th, and some reports say that her front teeth were missing. Same thing. Is that confirmed? Mm-mm. I just said some reports because mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find it in other reports, but I did find that detail in some of them. Oh. So I'm thinking they probably were missing and they just didn't come up in other. Even if they didn't weren't missing, again, it could have just started. Yes. And later. She's obviously, yeah. it's similar. It's on the mm-hmm. river. Right. So it looks like the first four are on the river mm-hmm. and then he moves out away from it. Uh, let's see here. Um, police only had her post-mortem photograph to distribute to the press to try to ID her. Her mother and roommate both confirmed it was Elizabeth. Extensive searching of the area did not turn up her items, but they did learn from the owner of a pub that was opposite the river, okay, where Fig was found that on the night of her murder, he and his wife saw headlights of a car parked in that area around 12.05 a.m. So she was murdered between 12 and 2. Shortly after the lights uh, were turned off in the car, they heard a woman's scream. Do they know what kind of car? Did mm. they? If they see the car? I don't see that it says anywhere what the car was. Might have been too dark, maybe. But they didn't check anything to make sure the woman was okay. That's amazing to me. Hate that. Police figured that Elizabeth was murdered in the car and then dumped at the river, which is why her possessions were not with the body. Initially, her boyfriend was a suspect because he was known to beat her and he was also her pimp. Nice guy. But he soon uh, was ruled out. Jerk. Okay. Then the second early murder is Gwyneth Reese. So she's the one right here. And I, I mean, I tend to agree that they were all killed by the same person. Right. So Gwyneth, she was 22. She was a Welsh woman who had moved to London from Essex. She lived with her father or her sister and did sex work to earn extra income. So again, these are women that are just trying to survive in a time where mm-hmm. it wasn't as difficult to get jobs as it was in 1888 uh, during Jack the Ripper, but it probably wasn't as easy, you know, as it True. is today. And addiction too. You don't know. They and that's what I wish we had more information on the victims because I'm sure some of them had addiction, yeah. but I don't think all of them had addiction. Uh, but we don't know because there's not a lot of information mm-hmm. out there on them. Because addiction comes almost hand in hand with prostitution. Yeah, but like you've got Gwyneth, uh, right. no, Elizabeth, who's trying to support her wages. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Gwyneth, who's trying to have extra income and she's living with her sister. True. So her body was found November 8th, 1963. So at this point, four years have passed between Elizabeth and Gwyneth. Uh, at the Barnesborough Council Household Refuse Disposal. So basically, it was a garbage dump is where she was found. And uh, the dump was 40 yards from the Thames towpath. Elizabeth was on the towpath. 
We have two victims disposed of in the same vicinity. Reese was naked except for a single stocking on her right leg at her ankle. Some say that she was decapitated accidentally when workmen were leveling the refuse. But um, some say that was a rumor and it can be true or it wasn't confirmed. But again, you know, we've got all of these disposed at the same site. Um, Was she nude too, Gwyneth? mm -hmm, Except for the uh, stocking around her ankle. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. So basically, I mean, again, what would you say? Do you think they're the same killer? The beginning, maybe. Well, yeah, yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah, this sort of do because look at the area it's in. Mm-hmm. But did they say if Gwyneth was her head off? Uh, it was well, I couldn't prove that. It was a rumor. Yeah, that's why I wonder if it was a rumor if it was cut off or he did it. No, there, he did, the killer did not de- decapitate her. So she may she may not have even been decapitated. It's just a rumor, right? If anything, if she was decapitated, it was from machinery. The machines. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it'd probably be hard to know if she was strangled. I think if that they're occurred. connected. I do too. So, it's official. The main thing is because they're all together. Our judgment is there are six victims. Well, hang on a minute. Did Gwyneth have her teeth missing, too? It didn't say on her. Um, Yeah, I I can't. I don't have anywhere in my notes right here. I think the first two still had their teeth. Ooh. What? Okay, the sexual assault and rape. I forgot about this. So, we'll get into this. Um, Okay, what I think happened... Is you've got these initial four victims, if we're correct in saying that Elizabeth and Gwyneth were mm-hmm. the first two, mm-hmm. okay? They're all on the Thames. And then you'll see he goes up above the Thames and begins to deposit bodies there. I believe the reason he did that is the increased presence along the Thames. Because at this point, the police are all over right. the Thames. Right. So he had to improvise, and so he goes up into like, you know, acting. Uh, Shepherd's Bush area, etc., and he begins to deposit the bodies. I so, agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Now, with all of the victims, all or some of their clothing were removed. All were petite, petite and all were sex workers. One's, one victim's false teeth were taken. Oh. So obviously, there's a teeth. A teeth. Fetish. A tooth. Yeah. The fact that all of the victims were uh, small led police to think the killer was also small. To control them. So he picked victims he could mm-hmm. handle, which is going to be important. Oh. And it seems that only one uh, fought back, and that is Elizabeth. That they said was a tough cookie. No, that was actually um, Mary Fleming. Oh, it was? But Elizabeth was one of the first ones, so she fought oh, back. Oh, Elizabeth, yeah, yeah. Get this. There were no signs of sexual assault or rape. Really? Mm-hmm. Which that will be important to remember later. Yep. Because when I write these, you know, I don't always remember the details, so we get into the case. Maybe impotency. The killer seemed to have used a victim's clothing to strangle them, and occasionally a victim was punched. The paint flecks were determined to be from a spray paint gun to fix up dinged up dinged up cars at auto body repair shops so when he goes out he's probably not looking to kill anyone because he uses the clothing he hasn't brought any or kit he likes with him. to do that right yeah. Yeah. no kit or no maybe, help no knife no gun no rope mm-mm. yeah mm. all the victims were local to west london but none of them grew up there 
Most of them were known to work in the Shepherd Bushes area, which I kind of showed you. Right. Their bodies were all discovered in Kensington, Hammersmith, Chiswick, Brentford, and Ealing, all within four or five miles of Shepherd's Bush. So uh, you saw that. Here's uh, Shepherd's Bush right here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the area was industrial and predominantly working class with a lot of factories and large industrial estates in Ealing and Acton, three or four miles north of the river. So here's Acton, and I don't see Ealing because it might be covered up by the little names. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming maybe over here. I don't know. Or maybe it's not even on this map. Okay, the suspects. Let's get into them because there's one that I think is the guy that did it. Oh, you do? You uh -huh. don't think the original guy they arrested was? Mm -mm. And oh. there were a lot of suspects. Really? Um, so this is a composite drawing of the the man, the suspect, that you know, that one lady uh, identified the victim and then did an ident kit. Yeah. Um, what, what's the face for? <laughs> Just an odd-looking character. Looks like a kid almost. Well, the ears look like Dumbo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's a composite of him, and they were initially looking at a guy named Mungo Ireland, uh -huh. who was a security guard at the Her Heron Trading Estate, the place where the paint specks were located. Oh. Okay, the only problem is that he was in Scotland on uh, the night of one of the victims' death. It was either O'Hara or Barth Barthelemy. <laughs> Some reports say one or the other, so I'm not sure which one. Police say that the circumstantial evidence was quite strong and believe that he could have falsified his trip. Interestingly, he committed suicide not long after police began looking for him or looking at him. How can you falsify your trip, though? I mean, they're well, you'd back be then, able I to bet know. You could. I don't know. They didn't people have, saw you, and yeah, I don't know. Like if he went straight to a hotel, would anybody have seen him? If well, he drove. We didn't need to get gas back in the day. The hotel people, places to eat. I don't know. That just sounds sort of. Yeah, I don't think this guy did it. No. But his note says, he wrote a note for his wife. He said, I can't stick it any longer. To save you and the police looking for me, I'll be in the garage. So that, you know, seems to be some evidence that maybe he was involved. But again, his marriage, was, or not again, but I don't think he did it. His marriage was rocky. He was due to report to court in the morning for failing to stop his car after a traffic accident. So he's a suspect, but I don't think he did it. Mm -mm. Or maybe he just killed himself because he'd already thought his about it before awful. his off life was off. To him. Now mm -hmm. the cops, and if he got arrested, he mm -hmm. might go to jail mm -hmm. for something he didn't do. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying no to this one. Okay, the next mm -hmm. one is Kenneth Archibald. And you might want to look him up. Excuse me. Uh, Kenneth Archibald, A-R-C-H-I, and then bald. And he was a 57-year-old caretaker at the Holland Park Tennis Club. He confessed to police of killing Irene in a drunken rage. So um, if we go back down to the ladies, Irene is the blonde. There's a lot of Kenneth Archibald. Okay. Well, I didn't include his picture, but I don't think he did it. Um, Can, uh, but so he said that he killed Irene in a drunken rage, but he, he said that, uh-huh. Did he have proof? 
No. And then he later retracted his confession and pled not guilty. There is no evidence that he did this and he was found not guilty. Yeah, it just says he was 54. And I don't believe he did it because if he killed Irene, he'd have to kill all the other girls the exact same way. Uh, So I believe he maybe thought he did at first because he was drunk, but then he couldn't remember and then he later changed his mind. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't think he did it. Now, the other one is... I'm saying no to him also. This guy. This guy has an interesting past. Uh, His name is Freddie Mills. He was a boxer and quite famous. He was a British light heavyweight boxing champion. He also might have worked for gangsters and killed people probably for them. He was even in a thriller movie called Emergency Call in 1952. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. He was found shot dead in his car from an apparent suicide in July 1965. How tall was he? I personally think he probably killed. He was a little guy. Oh, Mm -hmm. and that's what I think. Well, he killed himself? Mm -hmm. Did they find anything? They dismissed the claims, and they had already uh, cleared them. Oh. And the uh, reports are that he was never a suspect for the police. Just... Public opinion mm-hmm. thought he was a suspect mm-hmm. because he was a boxer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And there were even police officers they thought were the killers. Uh, one fake burglaries to emb- embarrass his coworkers, and he went to prison. So, I mean, it ranged from caretakers to the average Joe to a boxer that worked for gangsters to police officers. He faked a burglary? And one of the police officers to embarrass, embarrass his co- uh, co-workers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. But Harold Jones. Let's get to good old Harold Jones. This is a one I think did it. He is small in stature. Well, that was when he was a kid. Oh, well, no wonder. This is a twist. You're going to like this. Okay. Harold Jones is interesting and a psychopathic sexual sadist. Jones killed two little girls at the age of 15. Wow. So that's him at the age of 15. He worked in a store. And see the pocket watch right there? Right. That will be important in a second. These are the two little girls. Oh. Okay. They're older girls. Looks They're like. eight. Okay. Oh, so he was from so a small sad. mining town, Abertillery in South Wales. He worked as his shop at, uh, assistant. In 1921, he lured 8-year-old Frida Burnell to the back of his family's shop. She's the one on the left? Uh Uh-huh. And strangled her. Oh, strangled her. 15 years old. Wow. Dumped her body in a nearby street. He was arrested but acquitted due to no evidence. His hometown felt the police were setting him up and welcomed him home like a hero and gave him the gold watch. To celebrate. If he was arrested, they had to have some kind of evidence. But that's well, why he had that gold watch funny? in the it's, picture. It's sort of sad. Yeah, I saw the watch, but it's sad that even with DNA and, and proof of someone, a loved one dead, some families still, it's the DNA that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Not the possibility maybe their loved one's actually a killer. A monster. Right. Okay. So he had that was what the pocket watch in. They gave yes. him because he's a hero. Yes. One man who heartily welcomed him home after his trial was George Little, a next-door neighbor and friend of the Jones family. So these seem to be like people that have money. Right. Uh, days later, some reports say two months later, Harold lured 
George's 11-year-old daughter, so she's on the right, Florence Little, into his home. The neighbor. He hit her over the head with a piece of wood, slit her throat, and then hid her body in the attic. Harold's own father furiously chased his son through the streets until he caught him. He was tried and convicted, but not hanged due to his age. So... He received 20 years in prison for both murders, which is interesting since we have double jeopardy here. I know. For both murders? Yep. And he was released in 1941 and would often visit the grave sites. So this is him later. I wonder if double jeopardy was in place back then. I don't know. Because it couldn't have been if he was convicted of both twice. Yeah. Okay. So here we got this guy, 15 years old. Murdering little girls because there was no law that would hang it, you know, a teenager. Obviously, Um, they let him go. He moved to London under an assumed name, Harry Stevens. He served in the military, married, and had kids. He was small in stature. He lived in the area of the murders, actually within four streets of both Hannah and Bridget, and. He was employed as a metal worker and caretaker on the Heron Industrial Estate in Ealing, where the paint flecks mm. come from. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to say yes to this mm-hmm. one. I'm thinking it was him. He was labeled in prison by a prison psychiatrist as a dangerous psychopath. Both he and the governor said he should not be let out. But he was. But he was, because he had served his sentence. You can't keep a man once they serve their sentence. Interestingly... He didn't sexually assault the little girls either. Or maybe he didn't have time. Mm-mm. He did not sexually assault the little the little girls, just like the sex workers were not sexually well, assaulted. That's true. Uh, so that makes it very interesting because again, sexual sadists take pleasure in the act of terror and pain on the victims. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what mm-hmm. gets them off. So, and then often their weapon or choice of death is their sexual high. Right. Right. In 1959, the year that most now believe the murder started, he lived two streets away from Hannah. He then moved to Hammersmith and lived two streets away from the seventh and eighth Mm. victims, Francis and Bridget. That's a big coincidence. Get this. Jones also took trophies from the two little girls. What were they? I don't know. But he took trophies and then he took the victim's teeth later. Wow. The last girl that disappeared, Bridget, went missing on his 58th birthday. Wow. I think he's a strong suspect. I do, too. And then, if you know, again... They, they haven't... They didn't test anything or arrest him or mm-mm. search or They didn't have nothing. anything. And if he didn't sexually assault them... Now, they might be able to get DNA now, but I doubt they ever had enough to get DNA before because you had to have right. fluid, right? Because souvenirs, you know... But the geo profiling, he fits... He You'd lived think within the boundaries. Cause just because he'd killed the girls, just everything you've said. No, that's his past. They could search. No, well, that doesn't. He mean. wasn't on parole or anything, so oh. they would have to suspect him and have some evidence to present to a judge to check into him. And I don't even know if he was on their radar. Oh, now here's the thing: police, when they began inter- you know, investigating, they actually interviewed seven thousand people. They hit the street in force. It was a huge operation, but it might have been too big. You know, it was like it was way mm-hmm. too much. 
they needed to focus in a little bit more. Uh, Scotland Yard assigned one of their top detectives. It was John DeRose, nicknamed Five Day Johnny, for his ability to catch the bad guy in five days. Once they discovered the paint flecks, DeRose held a press conference and excitedly told everyone they were close to catching the killer and had narrowed the suspe- suspect pool down to 20 men. He lied through his teeth. Oh. No arrest well, was ever made. Just like the, <clears throat> And then just like that, the killing stopped. Some have suggested that the reason the killing stopped is Harold Jones was diagnosed with bone cancer and never killed again. Oh. So what do you think? I, I would say he's a... Good yeah. suspect, huh? I'm going towards him. The, other, the others, no. I am too. I mean, he... 15, he started. 15 killed those two little girls. And obviously, he was a serial killer already. He couldn't stop himself. Mm-mm. And so, you know, you serve in the military, you have a family, you have a job. He worked in the same industry, the same area where the paint flex where were. Paint, to yeah. me, he's a pretty darn good suspect. I, do, I agree. And then the killing stop after he's diagnosed with bone cancer. And you said he was married? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, he was married with kids. With kids. That's mm-hmm. crazy. At 15. It's Kill. impressive the dad chased him down the road, turned yep, him in. turned him in. Usually they chase him down the road, take him home, hide him. Yeah, like they did with uh, yeah. Brian Laundry. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting case. So That is interesting. I hope more attention will happen with the London nude uh, killer because these women need justice. They do. And I, I was really irritated when I was doing the research because it's like, the, I mean, I know they did 7,000 interviews and they did a show of force, but... I don't know. There just didn't seem to be as much about these ladies that there were on other cases. They're not as well known. And I'm not big on saying like race or gender or anything like that. I think a lot of that's overblown. But it sure does seem Mm -hmm. that possibly this is one of those cases where not as much was done because... Back then and now, They were sex workers. Sex workers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't feel on some of them they're, they're done properly. And I think we can end with the agreement that the Mai Tai that we had was disgusting. You know, though, DNA now, I mean. If they could do like some touch DNA on some of the clothing. Mm -hmm. uh, If it is true there was semen on the underwear that was in the Mm -hmm. first victim's mouth, then maybe they could get something there and do some ancestry DNA or exhume uh, Harold's body and get some DNA from his corpse. But he didn't rape any of them. No, but well, as far as I know, as, but again, well, yeah. and see, that's why I don't. I'm not sure if there was semen on the underwear, but she was also a sex worker. Oh yeah, so there might be. So there might have been, and it mm, wasn't his. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it is. But touch DNA. If he handled mm-hmm. the underwear, if he handled some of the clothing, then it would be on there, hopefully, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. maybe they could catch him. But I don't know. I don't know if they will. Just to clear it. Mm-hmm. That'd be yeah, nice for the yeah. families. Outline of a Murder is a Mr. Joseph production. What do you think, Joseph? (laughs) 